I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Out of the Woods. Just to shake things up, I am doing the intro this episode. My name is Matthew and his name is... Justin. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't sure who should do that. Yeah, no, I just wanted to make sure you were paying attention, listeners. Uh, yeah, we are Out of the Woods, uh, despite appearances, a Yellow Jackets podcast. <laughs> and we are here to talk to you about the final episode of Season 2. And there's a lot of interesting stuff to discuss. So yeah, uh, before we get into any of that, uh, Matthew, how are you feeling? Uh, yeah, not, not too bad. <laughs> yeah, we could get into your whole personal search, but maybe you don't want to. Yeah, let's not. Yeah. <laughs> I am also... The people don't need to know. <laughs> no. I am also in a state of a uh, could be better, could be worse. So, no, you know, some that's people okay. have war in their country. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you started saying that in response to me started saying that in response to people on Tumblr saying it, but I think it's from some bizarre reality show or anything where some girl is complaining about her taxi abandoning her. <laughs> and then the other check is like, I some people have won their countries. Anyway, um, yeah, no, I'm I'm good. I just recently watched. Hey, um, I, di- I didn't ask yet. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> have you um been watching any interesting media lately? Yeah, I've been watching uh, Metalocalypse. Great I've show. also been watching uh, Twin Peaks and Twin Peaks: The Return, all, which is good. All fun. great shows. All great shows. The Return is way more Lynch. It's way yeah. I think he. For the, the original, the, the network meddled a lot with what he made, but with the rebooted version, they just let him do whatever the fuck he wanted. Yeah, it's know? like, you know, you've, you've got a name now, you can do your shit. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I've been good. I watched really quite a good movie last night called Quo uh, Vadis Aida. Say that again? Quo Vadis Aida. How do you spell it? Q-U-O space V-A-D-I-S space A-I-D-A. Uh-huh. It was a, a movie about the, the war in Bosnia and some lady that works as a translator for the UN. Uh, quite a good movie. It's more interesting than I'm making it sound from that description. Anyway, I also rewatched the movie Mysterious Object at Noon, which is really fucking good. It's a, it's a Thai movie about these people traveling around the country asking a bunch of strangers to improvise a story about an alien boy that grows out of an egg. <laughs> so is that the uh, mysterious object? Yeah, yeah, it's the mysterious object. So it's just a story told by lots of random people that aren't aware of each other in beautiful locations. There's just weird stuff like an elephant. It's a great movie. That that kind of reminds me of that uh, weird animated film we watched last time. That was like, um, what was it called? Uh, like Blood Tea and... Blood Tea and Red String. Yeah, yeah, that it, one. It's not dissimilar to Blood Tea and Red String. That was a fucking weird movie. It was. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say, listeners, that... In the future, we might be discussing more weird movies. Yeah, let's leave it there. But let's leave it there. But not in the immediate future, because in the immediate future, we're going to take a break from podcasting <laughs> after this. But no, well, we'll get to that. Um, I had a couple of housekeeping matters I wanted to get out at the start. Aha! 
Uh, an announcement. Uh, Matthew, I'm pretty sure this is the first time you're learning this. The creators of Yellow Jackets have confirmed that there is going to be a bonus episode. Ah! That, uh, that, that will be coming out in between the seasons, sort of like the show Euphoria does. Sort of like midway and like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, like eight months or something? Well, she said it would come out closer to the next season than to now. So probably like mid-2024 at the earliest. So more like 12 months. No, no. Like well, eight. that would be... We're already mid-2023, so, you know. No, God, you're right, we are. Fuck. I just forgot how time worked. But uh, yeah. As you so often do. <laughs> but yeah, probably while um, nothing has been revealed about this bonus episode yet, but I think it's a pretty sure bet that it is about Cabin Guy and his family. Ah, oh, that so should be interesting. That will be fucking interesting and probably fucking horrifying. <laughs> yeah, Um. also just wanted to say... I had an idea, and I'm just going to sort of float this to you, Matthew, and you listeners, see what you think. Our fans, the people that listen to our podcast, Out of the Woods, mm. what if we gave them the nickname Outies? <laughs> <laughs> like, um, if, you, if you were a fan of Out of the Woods, you could say that you are an Outie. Uh, um, I'm kind of getting the impression you don't like this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm, That's I'm not a fan. Look, you know, know what? No, let's I mean, have a vote. <laughs> yeah, no, look, listeners, if if you want to self-identify as such, then go right ahead. But or if you come back, come up with a better term, yeah, you no, know, just that, feel free yeah. to post it up. Uh, w- woodies, I also had. Woodies, <laughs> that's, that's kind of better, but, you know, people might get confused and think that you like Toy Story or something. I, I do like Toy Story. So great. I like the first three, anyway. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, yeah. <laughs> I think Toy Story 2 is the best Toy Story movie, but the best individual scene is the furnace scene from Toy Story 3. Okay. Anyway, that's not important. <laughs> um, yeah. We're not here to discuss any of those things. We are not. Good call, Matthew slash me. Because we are here to talk about Season 2, Episode 9 of Yellow Jackets. Storytelling, directed by Karen Kusama, written by Ameni Rosa. I I liked this episode overall. Uh, I have a couple of issues with it, which we'll get into. There are a couple of things where I'm like, I think you could have explained that a bit better, or maybe given that a bit more narrative breathing room. But overall, I think it was an effective ending to the season that sets up the next one in a very interesting way. Plus, Uh, they were probably rushing to get everything in by the end of the episode. Yeah, it did kind of feel like they were at times. Uh, Matthew, what did you think of it? It was a great episode. Like, I've really enjoyed the season. No, no, I have have too. I think season two has been fantastic. It's been a good time. I think probably, I mean, maybe we'll get more to this interview. Not for everybody, but... (laughs) No, very much not for uh, Kevin. No. (laughs) Nah. Yeah, well, uh, I was going to say that, but then I, you know, I thought that's a spoiler, but then I was like, this is not, I repeat not, a spoiler-free this podcast. This is not, repeat not, a spoiler-free podcast. I don't generally give numerical ratings, but if episode 8 was a 9, this is more like a 7.5. Maybe, maybe at worst, a 7. Ironically, I just made fun of that practice in the previous episode. Yes, you did. So, look at me being a hypocrite. Okay. Everyone has their moments. They do. We open on young Nat staggering through the wilderness, looking distraught. And we soon see why. The Cranberries zombie is playing. Uh, Matthew, thoughts on that song? I don't mind it. It's 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 kind of a good song. But... Even <laughs> you saw this coming. I did. Uh, my major gripe with it is that they they have a, a passage where they're like, and their bombs, and their bombs. 
and their guns. And like, I feel like that could have been better if they were like, and their bombs and their guns and their bombs and their guns, or and their <coughs> bombs and their bombs and their guns and their guns, but they chose to go with the former, which just seems kind of lackluster in my opinion. They chose it. It just sort of lacks zazz. <laughs> vip veem. <laughs> yeah, I tell you one time, a whole of vip veem. They, uh, they chose an AAB rhyming schema. Mm. And I gotta say, I've listened to that song. Uh, my mom used to play it a lot in the car. Probably, like, over 50 times. And I never once heard that they say bombs twice. But now that you have said that, I will never be able to stop hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> and neither listeners presumably will you. But yeah, still... Uh, I'm glad to be of service. <laughs> still a good song. Uh, R.I.P. Dolores Reardon. So yeah, Natalie reaches the cabin. Travis sees her and he is initially overjoyed. He moves to embrace her, but she shrinks away from him, ashamed. The rest of the Yellow Jackets arrive close behind her, carrying Harvey's body on a tree branch. I like the detail that Van's face is covered. It seems to be an early version of the ritual masks they will eventually develop, and it links with something that Shauna does later in the episode. They deposit his body on the ground, Natalie says, it happened so fast. The wilderness chose. It seems that extreme guilt is making her take refuge in the spirituality she still doesn't really believe in. This scene was pretty fucked, wasn't it? Yeah. Travis cradles his body, weeping. The others go inside. Great and brutal beginning to an episode. Shit is only going to get more horrific from here. So we cut to the present. Lottie says that the wilderness won't stop until it gets what it wants. She's about to drink. Notice before... What is that? Before, she was like, ooh, I'll choose last if you want me to. But now she's like, nope, I'm choosing first, actually. Yep. Suck shit. <laughs> hoping, hoping they wouldn't notice, I suppose. I sometimes wonder if maybe Lottie is a little bit less insane than she comes across. She's still pretty batty, though. I mean, they're all pretty batty. Understandably. Understandably. The others all stop her. Uh, Shauna tells Lottie that if they really want to give it what it's asking for, they have to do it the way they used to. They must give it a hunt. Everyone else, predictably, is all, what the fuck? But Shauna says that whatever they communed with out there is still in them. Lottie hugs her, seemingly feeling validated, saying, I knew I wasn't the only one who felt this way. Ty jumps on this and is all, of course, we, we have to stop fighting it. Yeah, between them, the gals say they need masks, weapons, and a deck of cards. Shauna tells Lottie she has to make sure none of her people are here, which, spoiler alert, she isn't entirely successful at. The woods will be ours tonight, Lottie ominously says. Man, she just can't turn it off. She really can't. She just physically cannot restrain herself from saying ominous. As soon as Lottie leaves, Nat upbraids Shauna, who replies that she just brought them all some time to figure out what to do with her. Misty brings up reinstitutionalizing her, but Nat says that this problem cannot be solved with medical science alone. Van agrees, saying that it isn't just about her mental illness. We all know what she, what she went through out there. Because we all went through it too. Yeah, except we got over it, Nat replies. Did you? Did any of you? Spoiler alert. No. (laughs) (laughs) Quite. Nat says she thinks it's talking to her again. Have you all forgotten where that leads? Yeah, their expressions suggest that they haven't. And we go to credits. We cut to Lottie in the attic in the past, looking like... Slightly less fucked up, but still pretty busted. She's a lot less swole, but her eyes are all, like, kind of 
I don't know, what's a word for that when they're like... Dilated? Not, not bloodshot, but full of blood. Do, I, do you know what do you know what I mean? I do know, like, the, like burst blood vessels in the eye? Yeah, yeah, all that shit. It's fucked, like... Yeah, it's uh, pretty fucked. Misty appears. Lottie asks her why Travis was screaming. Misty responds hilariously bluntly, because we're going to eat Harvey. <laughs> so you're not going to sugarcoat that at all. Lottie is understandably kind of freaked out by this. Misty protests that we didn't even kill him exactly. <laughs> Which not, is a great... Not, not, not exactly. exactly. The, the ice pool killed him. Yeah. She tells her about the card ritual. Lottie protests, I didn't want this. Hey, the previous season, you were telling Shauna to decapitate Travis. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, that was when everyone was on shrooms. Misty says, It was the shrooms talking. Yeah. As a joke would say, it was the milk talking, Helen. It was the milk. <laughs> it's the milk. Goddamn tryptophan. <laughs> of course, because you are a fucking legend, you exactly get what episode I'm referring to. <laughs> she would let me have milk. Innocent, pure milk. When Jake Morgendorfer says <laughs> he's, he's going to do, do something, something, he does it. it. I mean, does it. <laughs> uh, great show. Great fucking show. Misty says... You started this. It's done. And it's going to save all of our lives. So you'd better not start making people feel bad about it now. Matthew, do you think that's a fair accusation? That she did start all of the fucked up shit they did? Who did? Lottie. Mm. Played a big hand in it. Yeah, it's... She's kind of the figurehead of all of the the ooky kind of weird shit. Mysterious and ooky? Yeah, no, (laughs) she, she is, but she... Uh, it's a complicated situation. Yeah. Adam's family crossover? <coughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Christina Ricci was in that. Yes, she was. Yeah. Misty comes downstairs and says, Lottie is pleased with the wilderness's choice. Yeah, I think this is where her dislike of Misty comes from, that she twists Lottie's words and tries to undermine her command in a sort of Starscream or Iago-esque way. At Misty's prompting... <laughs> Shauna grabs her knife and walks outside. Oh, God, this scene fucked me up, dude. The others follow her. Shauna approaches Travis, who is still cradling his brother's body. Can, can you imagine going through the grief of a loved one's death, finding out that they were miraculously alive, only for them to die again in horrific circumstances just when you thought they were safe? <sighs> it's so fucked. He didn't even recover from his, like, partial brain death yet. No. Nah. And now he never will. No. Because uh. they ate him. Travis looks at Shauna despondently, and he sort of very weakly goes, No. Uh, Kevin Alves is doing great work in this episode. But he eventually recognises the necessity of Shauna's task. He just says, I'm sorry, and walks away. Nat, Ty, and Van prepare Harvey's body. Everyone in the group looks kind of freaked out. Shauna cannot bring herself to look, so she places her makeshift beanie thing over her eyes as she cuts his throat. I, feel, you... I feel like you kind of got to look. Yeah, you don't want to be accidentally, you know, getting his neck ribs. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody neck ribs. <laughs> Shout out to the Boxer's Omen, great fucking movie. I love that this is like, incredibly, despite how fucking horrifying the previous episode and this one were... This is not... Like, things are going to get more horrifying. They're going to get to the point where they just murder and butcher each other without any 
seeming guilt or hesitation or need to distance themselves from the brutality of their actions. You ever just have a moment of like, damn, I'm watching a bunch of teenagers butcher and dismember a dead 12-year-old so they can eat him. Yeah, you have moments like that. Television, you know? <laughs> television, rules. television can do some pretty fucked up shit. Soon it's just going to be like the card slash the wilderness decided you must die. Yes. Shauna tells them to leave and they don't need much persuasion to do so. Van's expression suggests uh, someone trying to suppress or force down every instinct of compassion that they have for what they believe is the greater good. That's going to catch up with her eventually. Yeah. One of the most horrific scenes of the entire show. And there's more to come. We got to the present. Misty Misty is futzing about in Lottie's private quarters and finds her meds and asks the name of her doctor. She steals back her confiscated phone in order to call him. But her sneaking about is interrupted by Walter? Wearing a rather nice purple jumper. He says that he came to help her. She is overjoyed to see him. I feel like purple's his colour. Yeah, no, he looks good in it. Cut to adult Ty and Van making spooky masks, and yeah, this is one of the issues I kind of had with this episode. Van says that she doesn't feel good about this plan to reinstitutionalize Lottie. Ty protests that Lottie is sick. Van responds, but she isn't. Or if she is, then so are you. Uh, yes, Van, she's murdering the family dog. We know that she's sick. <laughs> Van says that they have all felt it in their own way and says they should try to reach Lottie, try to reason with her. She says, do you really think that being locked up in some psych ward is going to help her? Would it help you? Maybe? I think it's worth a fucking try, you know? I mean, helps a a broad term. Yeah. I also have a a degree of scepticism of psychology, but I have to say, if I was murdering family pets in my sleep, I'd be willing to at least give it a try, you know? Mm, Give it the old college. Indeed. Van says they must handle this themselves and protect each other. And, okay, I get what the writers are going for here. Uh, Van is falling back under Lottie's sway. She always believed in the Crazy Woods magic. She was one of the first to believe in it. And she's in a pretty intense situation, i.e. she's terminally ill. And thus, she's willing to go along with the fucked up ritual out of sheer desperation that it will heal her. It's, it's the last chance she has. And that plot point makes sense for this character. I just don't think that, like, it and Adult Van's storyline in general were fleshed out enough to, like, earn this moment to really have that have the impact it needed to. And spoiler alert, her attempt to persuade Ty is successful, which is another thing I have questions about. I don't really have, an, as I said, I don't really have an issue with this plot point per se. I just think it could have been executed better. Not a not a huge deal, and I'm hoping we'll get more material for Adult Van in season three. It's easy to Monday morning quarterback these things. <laughs> it's very easy <laughs> to do so. To use another one of our fun catchphrases, we cut to Adult Shauna and Nat as a cover by Saint Vincent of Metallica's "Sad but True" plays. <laughs> is, <laughs> it, is it just me, or does she sound a bit like female Nine Inch Nails? She does sound like female Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, no, she doesn't. I mean, I haven't like mega listened to Saint Vincent, but from her other songs that I've heard, I quite like her. Uh, the song "Hang on Me," and she also conflu- confusingly has a song called "Now Now." <laughs> Not to be confused with the band "Now I, Now." I love the band "Now Now." Shout out. Fun fact, the wife of one of the former members of Now Now runs a Yellow Jackets podcast. Oh, how about that? Small world. Shit. Yeah, the rest of St. Vincent's music isn't really like that. 
Oh, okay. She's doing like a stylistic thing because she's covering Metallica. It probably will not surprise you <laughs> nor the world to learn no. that I haven't dug super deep into St. Vincent's archive. No, nor must you. <laughs> Nat burns all but one of the queen cards. Shauna sharpens some knives. Nat's gaze leans... No, no, she bluntens some knives. Yeah, she bluntens some knives. She, she bluntens them. Yeah. Nat's... Is, it, is it bluntens or blunts? I think it's blunts. Well, she does that. Yeah. <laughs> Nat's gaze lingers over the queen guard. How interesting. Cut to Jeff and Callie in the car, on their way to Shauna. He's explaining to her about the logistical difficulties of changing their identities, Jesse and Breaking Bad style. He's like, we could never Google ourselves ever again. Lol. Callie, Callie is like, do you Google yourself a lot? Ouch. Matthew, do you ever Google yourself? <laughs> Uh, not in the 30 Rock sense. <laughs> you mind if I use your computer? How else are you going to do it? <laughs> oh, great fucking show. Callie asks what his idea to keep Sean out of jail is. He's all, I don't know, I saw her almost shoot a guy the other day. Callie remarks with surprise that Shauna has a gun. Jeff is all, no, she just took it off this carjacker. Which is not exactly reassuring. <laughs> they arrive at the entrance to the compound. Callie says, so you have a gun. Jeff says, no, it's in a safe place, while looking compulsively at the glove box. (laughs) The glove box is always the safest place for a gun. (laughs) What a fucking goober. Anyway. Some creepy-looking cultos approach. Jeff decides to find another way in. Kevin and Officer Knobstrudel pull up close behind them. (laughs) This place seems fun, the latter comments. Cut to adult Nat. Entering the laundry where Lisa is washing some purple booties. Or is she dyeing them all heliotropy? She could be. She could be. That's probably why the gloves. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't want to stain your hands with purple shit. Indeed. But her hands will be stained by the end of this episode. Oh. <laughs> uh, Nat tells her that something is happening tonight and she must leave, but she won't give her any details. Nat implores her to depart, get herself some regular clothes, and go have a life. I feel like this is the sort of thing that is just going to make her extremely not want to leave so she can discover what the fuck you're talking about, you know? Mm. And if only she did. That says, oh, this is a great line. I appreciate you trying to teach me about forgiveness. It's a nice idea. Fuck me. We cut to the past. Coach Ben is walking back towards the cabin and comes upon Shauna finishing up eviscerating Harvey's body. He, predictably is a bit freaked out by this. Yeah, he nearly uh, becomes reacquainted with his breakfast. <laughs> Indeed, not if that he, he had, he had it. it. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Nat comes up behind him, having collected some kindling. He asks her what the actual fuck happened. When she doesn't respond, he tells her that he found a cave where Harvey was hiding. He tells her that both of them together could probably survive the winter. Um, No, you couldn't. There's no food in there anymore. Harvey ate all of the bats or whatever those creatures were. <laughs> Either he's severely delusional... I hear which, it tastes like chicken. <laughs> uh, so do you. So did he. No. Uh, either Coach Ben is severely delusional, which of course is entirely possible in his current state, or he's talking about committing suicide and letting Nat eat him. Or maybe they were just going to like suck moss off the rocks. Mm. rocks or suck moss off the rocks. <laughs> that, that sounds really wrong. Ross Noble appears and is like, well, go on, do your duty. <laughs> Yeah, or I guess Coach Ben could be saying, we should pilfer all of this Harvey meat. But yeah, this this is a bad plan, because even if you do survive the winter, what the fuck then? But 
Then he's starving and desperate, so I guess it makes sense. Anyway, regardless of its merits, that's the plan he presents to her. He says, you don't have to stay here. You're not like the rest of these girls. And that says, actually, I'm worse. I let him die in my place. It was supposed to be me. So yeah, she, I think, feels feels that way because it's like that quote. The funny thing about betrayal is that it never comes from your enemies. It's like, Harvey didn't trust the rest of them, but he did trust her, and that was the trust that she betrayed. So that's why she feels that she betrayed him worse than they did. Mm. But I think... Really, you, like, physically cannot betray your enemies because indeed. there's no trust. But I think, um, yeah, the rest of them, they're all guilty of pretty bad stuff. Bad stuff! <laughs> bad stuff! Nat says to Coach Ben, you're a good person, Coach. You really don't belong in this place. At the end of this episode, I'd have to say, I think Coach Ben is fitting in just fine. Carter, Travis, and Van sitting together inside. Oh, this was such a good scene. This is a fucking amazing scene. He tells her, you should be ashamed. What an un-Travis-like thing to say. Like, the Travis of season one have just been like, fuck you, (laughs) fucking fuck boner. (laughs) I mean, that's how it's usually done. (laughs) Yeah. And then Van replies, well, I'm not, she says simply. This is, as we saw before, clearly a lie. Liv crushes this scene. They are every bit as good at playing determinedly stoic, brutal Van as they were comic relief Van. She says, I'm not ashamed, Travis. I'm glad I'm alive. Just like you are. And I don't think that any of us that are still here should feel ashamed of that. Ever. This is the ideology she has adopted, that in some sense they all have adopted. The ends justify the means. Most people say ideology. (laughs) (laughs) Well, regardless, the scythe is remorseless. At least he didn't say irregardless. Indeed. Van says, let your brother save you. Jesus Christ, that is such a horrifying yet poetic description of cannibalism. After everything that he went through out here, don't you owe him at least that? Yeah, this show really hurts, dude. In a good way. (laughs) Cut to Walter, alone in the cult's kitchen, preparing a meal of something. He is singing Send in the Clowns to himself. I mean, wasn't he making hot chocolate? He was making hot chocolate. (laughs) I probably should not have referred to that as a meal, but hey. Uh, Kevin appears. Walter says, No, uh, get out of here. I'll call the police. And Kevin is like, The thing is, sir, I am a police. I am a police. (laughs) Which rules. I just realized this is going to be my last chance to do Kevin voice. Uh, make it uh, as Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force as you can. Yeah, and plus, <laughs> I still we still regularly do Coach Martinez's voice, and he hasn't been alive since the second episode, so I don't think it is, in fact, my last time. Oh, well. I'm still dead. <laughs> Season one callback. <laughs> my son died. Lucy didn't get taken by a lake shark. That's one for the old timers. That's one for the old timers. Walter seems excited and says he is a detective too. Not like you, alas. I'm a lifelong asthmatic. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, me too. Yeah, Walter. Me too. <laughs> Walter fucking rules. He offers Kevin some hot cocoa. Uh, Kevin, you probably shouldn't have accepted that. <laughs> Walter guesses that he's here about Shauna. Outside, Jeff and Callie approach the building. Callie upbraids Jeff for being so judgmental of Shauna. You know, given that he was the blackmailer. 
And Jeff is like, the American family is crumbling, Kelly. You try making a living in sectionals. <laughs> Which is a great line. The two of them spy Kevin talking with Walter and, understandably, start freaking out. Jeff tells Callie to go find Shauna. He tells her that he's going to take care of this. As for what that involves, lol. Yeah, <laughs> Callie reluctantly departs. Jeff walks up to Kevin and requests that Walter let them talk. He obliges. Jeff puts his hands up and confesses to Adam's murder. What a fucking mensch. Kevin does not believe this one iota. Halfway through Jeff's explanation, Kevin just falls over. Yeah, you probably shouldn't have drank the liquid given to you by an unsettling stranger who was in a cult. Yep. That's good advice. That's like, you know, cult 101. Walter appears, Jeff sputters incredulously, and he politely clarifies that it was phenobarbital. So yeah, um, Kevin is dead. Pretty abrupt, you know? Later's yo. Yes, I... I quite liked that character. I mean, I like him a little less this season because he didn't immediately turn Officer Knobhead into Internal Affairs, but I still, you know, I still like him. There are worse humans. Still sad to see you go. R.I.P. Kevin, I'm going to miss your sexy accent. Yeah, Alex Alex Wyndham, who played now in the past tense, Kevin, was a, he's a fan... Why? I shouldn't refer to him in the past tense. He's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> Alex Wyndham is a fantastic actor, and I hope he can continue to be in the show in some capacity, like Hallucination someone has, because he's a fantastic actor. There's always openings for Hallucinations in the show. Oh, there ever. Walter introduces himself to Jeff as a friend of Misty's. I somehow don't think that would make you seem more trustworthy. You know? And it certainly doesn't make Jeff any less confused. That was a beautiful false confession, he says. I can see it came out of real love. Walter tells Jeff, I know this is a lot, but I'm a friend. I just need your help now. So grab those legs for me. Let's successfully pick up Kevin. Oh, there's also a bit where he's like, Jeffrey, anybody call you that? He's like, no, yeah, but my mom calls me that. No, she doesn't. <laughs> Nobody calls him Jeffrey. I love Walt and Jeff just being a weird dysfunctional duo, and I hope we see more of that. In the future. They're they make a, an excellent pair. They're a funny pair. They, they really fire off each other. They do. Is that a thing people say? I hope so. <laughs> we cut to Coach Ben in his little cave doing a Jackie. That is, being unable to start a fire. <laughs> in his defense, he doesn't have a match, which she did. He's trying the old rubbing rocks together method. But I mean, I don't think they're even flint rocks. To no, yeah, so I think he's just rocks. like hitting some rocks together and hoping for the best. That, that I don't think he's even got good tender organized. Indeed, it does seem like a deliberate parallel between him and Jackie, two characters who, as Nat said, don't belong there. But he's going to choose to leave the group behind in a rather more dramatic fashion than she did. Cut to the cabin. Yes. Also, he definitely finds matches later because you yeah. know, he'd, he'd be kind of rubbish at burning down the cabin with those rocks. Imagine if he? he did, though. Wouldn't that be amazing? They're just like, what's that noise? <laughs> what's that noise that's been going on for the past Oh, sorry, hour? I was trying to murder you all. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's nothing. <laughs> Cut to the cabin. Everybody is chilling, if it can be called that, on the ground floor. Shauna carries in some Harvey meat on a tray. Travis is sitting at the table, holding Harvey's wolf that he carved. Oh. Shauna sets down the tray, and Harvey's heart is in the centre among the slabs of meat. Fuck. She offers it to Travis. Travis places Harvey's wolf on the fireplace. 
and bites into the heart. I love the fucked up discordant strings music that plays as he does so. Very Mika Levy or Matt Elliott-esque. Yeah. Uh, the former was the person who did the soundtrack for Under the Skin with Naked ScarJo. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't seem to find it very appetizing, which, you know, I hear hearts are not the tastiest. No, they, they have a tendency to be a little chewy. Yeah. He puts the heart on the skillet above the fireplace. The others excitedly put the other slabs of meat on there as well. They won't be hungry much longer. Misty brings Lottie some meat and implores her to eat. That rhymes. Yeah. Lottie <laughs> says, intriguingly, I thought it was it wanted what was best for us. Now I'm not so sure. And, Misty brutally replies, your team needs you. Eat. Yeah, I do kind of like her practical attitude. She's like, I don't give a fuck what the wilderness entity is, what it wants, or if it even exists. We need to survive. So eat your dead friend. <laughs> I have spoken! <laughs> I have spoken! <laughs> Cut to Lottie in the present. Gyrating about creepily while Buffy St. Marie's Magic is a Foot plays. I like this song. It's weird. As you pointed out, it's very Lynchian. Yeah. Ty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Elaborate on that. No. No. Ty, coached by Van. I eat enormous quantities of sugar. <laughs> Ty, coached by Van, calls off Lottie's institutionalization, telling the person on the other line that they calmed her down themselves. Oh no. Yeah, in a way, I feel like this makes sense, given Ty's distrust of psychotherapy and her tendency to fly by the seat of her pants. And just to be like, fuck it, we'll just handle this ourselves, not getting anyone else involved. But I feel like I wanted a bit more material here. Is she afraid that Lottie would tell their secrets? Does part of her too hope that Van's cancer could be cured by the fucked up ritual? I hope we get more info in the third season. Yeah, we see a beautiful shot of the night sky, framed by the trees. The girls, minus Lottie, assume their places in the woods around a campfire. Van lays out the masks and weapons. Shauna asks how long it will take for them, for the men in white coats to appear. Misty says that she told them it was urgent, so hopefully not long. Lottie appears, looking excited. She places the knife with the other affects and grabs the deck of cards. It's time, yes, she says. We then cut to Callie, still searching for Shauna. She hears someone bollocking about near her and grabs the gun that she stole from Jeff's extremely obvious hiding place. <laughs> Officer Fuck Off appears. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh, of... come on, you've, you've got better than that. Okay. Officer Knob Coctopus appears. <laughs> That's better. And says he's looking for Shauna. Hey, riders. It was a hell of a choice for you to kill off Kevin and not this wanker. That was a choice. Yeah. Not the one I would have made. I'm, I'm thinking... Just saying. I'm thinking that he's just being kept alive so he can die horrifically in the next season. Did I say I'm thinking? I meant I'm hoping. <laughs> Callie points a gun at him, and he's just being a wanker in response when he receives a call. Jeff and Walter have faked a call from Kevin by stringing together a bunch of the random statements he said that Walter recorded, like, Shauna Sadeki, and What the fuck are you doing? Uh, it confuses him enough to depart. Jeff and Walter are out by the cop car. They have Kevin shoved in the boot. Fuck me. Walter shoves the ringing phone in there as well, laying a trap for Officer Dick Ribs. There you go. There I go. <laughs> Cut to the adult gals drawing cards. This time the queen is the one you don't want. 
Shauna requ- I mean, isn't it always the one you don't want? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shauna requests to shuffle them some more. Ty attempts to start taking, to start talking Lottie down, being like, hey, we don't have to do this, right? But she doesn't seem to respond. Shut the fuck up. As a climactic event, a climactic event, I found this whole scene a little half-baked. Well, we'll get into why soon. Everyone goes around drawing cards. It's pretty tense. Ty initially refuses to take the deck and asks Van accusingly, is this what you wanted to happen? Yes, it is what she wanted to happen. Lottie asks, are you refusing the draw? Because you know what happens if you do? Ty succumbs to peer... Bad stuff! (laughs) Ty succumbs to peer pressure and takes the card. They go around the circle a few more times, flashing back to their past selves, until Shauna pulls the queen! Oh no! When I, when I saw this for the first time, I was like, okay, there's no way they're killing off Shauna because Melody Linsky has said she'd do this show forever if they let her, so she's all good. Maybe they decided they weren't going to let her, but... <laughs> they did. I mean, yeah. The Yellow Jackets get their weapons. Shauna is like, hey, come on, we're not actually going to do this, right? But seemingly they are. I mean, we'll get into this. Lottie's like, Shauna, it's up to you. The way we used to. You can submit or you can run. Yeah, the camera briefly shows us... I the bet she wishes that she had those knife hands now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that would be so fucking awesome. Just fucking try it, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. I triple dare you, motherfucker. <laughs> the camera briefly shows us the faces of the gals. I'm like 90% sure that Ty in this scene is evil Ty. She does have that sort of look about it, doesn't <laughs> yeah. she? Yeah. Sean is like, we're not really doing this, are we? You know there's no it, right? It was just us. Lottie terrifyingly responds, Is there a difference? And I think that's kind of the thesis of the show. There isn't a difference. They still did those things. Shauna, understandably, leaves. Lottie's (laughs) like, Shauna, are you running? Is that your choice? And she's like, oh, fuck off. And she starts, like, not even running, just, like, walking briskly away, and the others pursue her. Matthew, do you think they are actually going to kill her? I think they had the intention. Well, Lottie, Lottie definitely is. Van, but I you think. know they blunted all the knives, right? I so I think so. I mean, I mean, you could still stab someone to death with them. It'd just be like a hundred times more painful, probably. <laughs> Ouch! But yeah, no, I think um, I think that Nat and Misty were just humoring Lottie. They were still waiting for the psych people to arrive. They were just. But didn't know. they say that they called them off? Yes, but they don't know that. Only Ty and Van know they called them off. Hmm. So, so they're still like. Let's just drag this out and hope that the men in straight with straight jackets come to take her away and we don't have to kill anyone. But yeah, Misty had her, you know, injecty thing. Mm. I think she was gonna use that on, on Lottie if it if it came to that. So yeah, I don't think they were. Ty, as I said, I think it was in evil time mode, so she probably would have killed her. And yeah, Van, I think just just like in the woods, Van would do just about anything to stay alive. I imagine things are gonna be a bit awkward between Shauna and the other survivors next season. <laughs> It's like, mm. hey, were you all going to kill me? You know, just a quick question. Were you all going to murder me? That's not very cool. Well, you know, the, the wilderness chooses. <laughs> Indeed. You know there's no it, right? <laughs> anyway. Shut up! <laughs> Any, well, I mean, I think the show is never going to fully confirm if there is or not. Yeah, is this slightly lame chase scene? Like, they're just sort of, like, briskly... Like, yeah, it it leads us... To the actually really good climax of the season, so I'm okay with it. Officer Bollocknose approaches the car, and hears the phone ringing. He tries to jimmy the boot. 
Walter appears. Oh, this is so good and so fucked. He runs up to him, takes his gun, and shoots Kevin's corpse. Like three or four times. Yeah, I think this is so that... This is so that Officer... Shit. Guy. Can't just... (laughs) Back out of it. Like, yeah, he can't they, just blame it all on Walter because it's his gun. It's evi- his bullets. Have yeah, the yeah. forensic evidence to trace it back to his gun. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, Mister Forward thinking Elijah Woodman. <laughs> it's such a fucking crazy plan. <laughs> like, if what if his gun had been properly strapped in its holster? Oh, I'm sure he'd be. Um, he has it know, probably... well aware of how to, you know, just deftly undo. No, you're right. Anything. He would. He would. Yeah. And you know, he had the forward thinking to, you know, use gloves. So you know. His fingerprints will still be on the gun no matter what he does. So yeah, Walter holds Officer Twite's face at gunpoint. Blood asks, who the fuck are you? And Walter says, oh, I love this monologue. I'm the guy who's about to give you a choice. Now, how imagine how impressed the Whiskey Police Force will be when they realize that their new recruit nearly lost his life, uncovering his partner's involvement in a sordid police corruption scandal. That's, sorry, come again? It's called a narrative... Try and yes Try and. and yes yeah, and. yes and. Amazing. <laughs> I love that. Of course Walter is into improv. Such a Walter thing to say. Uh, and he says, So when the police dig in, they'll discover a wealth of bank and phone evidence connecting your partner here, not only to the murder of Adam Martin, the investigation of which he was trying to impede, but also to the recent death of a known political operative, Jessica Roberts. So yeah, he's all like, Walter has hacked into Kevin's shit and made fake phone records that make him seem like he's the person that killed all those people. Wow. <laughs> he can do anything. <laughs> he is very technologically savvy. He's just sort of like a magic wizard, seemingly. He's like, yeah, you'll be a real hero. Oh, as opposed to those non-magic wizards. <laughs> True. Like uh, my auntie being a sugar wizard. <laughs> is that like a sugar daddy, but for magicians? No, that's the thing you said one time. Yes, I did say that. <laughs> Uh, you'll be a real hero to the community, he says, unless you'd rather all those bank and phone records pointed to you. Oh, he says. The sirens start wailing in the distance. I've taken liberty of contacting the local authorities. Until you're ready to talk to them, you might want to keep that closed. <laughs> He's like, oh, God. So, yeah, Walter... Walter is awesome, first of all. Absolutely. Second of all, it's a bit of an overly neat resolution. <laughs> it's just like, he fixed it all. But you know what? I was ready for that plot line to be done. I'm not really going to complain about it. Yeah, you just got to suspend disbelief and be like, this guy, he's singing like 12 steps ahead. He yeah. knows what he's doing. He plays <laughs> both sides, so he always comes out on top, as Benny would say from Fallout New Vegas. Uh, cut two. Shauna running-ish through the woods, being chased by the others. As I said, the whole thing does look a bit half-assed. It's sort of, I mean, I think it's sort of intentional that it's like a pale imitation of what they used to do in the proper woods. But Yeah, she's like, you know, I'm not, my heart's not in it. Yeah, I don't think any, other than Lottie, I don't think any of their hearts are really in it. Suddenly someone appears and fucking shoots Lottie in the arm. Cow, it's Callie! She is like, she demands that Lottie, get away from my mom! Yeah, Callie has become a much more likable character since she first was introduced. Yeah, now that she's awesome. Yeah, she is pretty awesome. I mean, she's not, like, Walter-level awesome. No, she's, uh, nobody can be Walter-level no. awesome. Exactly. Except for Walter. Yeah, Lottie seems fascinated by Callie. She's like, is this your daughter? She's so powerful. Shauna demands that Callie put the gun down, but she protests. She was going to kill you. The others seem to uh, snap out of it. Ty snaps out of, well, as I believe to be her other personality, and they take off their masks. Lottie says, it's here. It's with us now. 
Shauna yells, Misty, where the fuck is the psych team? Ty tells her they're not coming. And she calls them off. It's like, it was Van's idea. Shauna's like, what the fuck? But Van says, it's not right. She's like this because of us. Now, that's an intriguing line. She's like this because of us. More so than maybe anything else. Their belief in Lottie made her the person that she is. For better or worse. Because if they all were just like, uh, I, we think you're just mentally ill. Please be quiet. <laughs> but wasn't she always mentally ill? Like, well, yes. She, was, she but, was on drugs like yeah, before but, the plane crashed until she like ran out. But of the drugs. fact that they put her in a position of authority probably had something to do with it. Mm, yeah, I suppose so. I mean, they started the ritual before her. You know, they started killing... Well, the Harvey thing was when she was out of commission, so she had to kind of take... I was going to say she had to take command, but seemingly she didn't for a bit, and we'll get I think the whole Jackie thing started it off, though. It's yeah. like, well, we've already eaten someone. Yeah, once you've once you've crossed that Rubicon, you can't really... You can't really go back. Lottie says, everyone, listen. What do we hear? We got to the past. Lottie's... The fucking woods, <laughs> bitch! <laughs> Quite. We got to the past. Lottie staggers downstairs. Everyone is happy to see her, and a group hugs her. It's actually really cute. Mari says that she's glad she's okay. And they all sit down to eat bits of Harvey. <laughs> Akila requests that Van tell them a story. Maybe the truth about cats and dogs. Which I looked up as a romantic comedy of some kind. Jen suggests, while you were sleeping again, Melissa requests The Princess Bride, which rules. That movie's fucking awesome. That is a good movie. It's a great movie. But Van has something different in mind. In her position overlooking the others, with Misty at her side like a bespectacled, salacious crumb, she almost looks like the leader in this shot, which she really in the past, but... She'd probably make a good leader. I think she would too. And she's the storyteller, and the storyteller, the person who tells the story, is a kind of leader. And I think... Maybe in the future. I mean, we can have more speculation in future episodes down the track, but I think that Van might become the main antagonist of the modern-day timeline. Well, like oppose Lottie for the throne. Yeah, because I think Lottie's going to be out of commission for a while, at least. And you Van... think she's going to lead the Purple Dudes in her stead? I don't know if the Purple Dudes are going to be a factor anymore, but I think... Oh, have we started calling them the Purple People Leaders yet? <laughs> well, quite. The Purple People Leaders... But yeah, um, I think Van is kind of backed up against a wall in the present, a big wall called Cancer. Mm. And I think when... The Vanser. Indeed. And I think when people are in desperate... I mean, we already kind of see it in this episode. When people are in desperate straits, they're willing to do things that are kind of fucked up. And yeah, I fucking love that character still. If you believe that her becoming more overtly villainous is going to make me love her any less, you just don't know me at all. <laughs> Anyway, Van tells a story. A story of the place that they are currently at, which is maybe not what everybody wants to hear, but okay. Once upon a time, there was a place called the Wilderness. It was beautiful and full of life. But it was also lonely and violent and misunderstood. As Van is telling the story, Coach Ben is grabbing some kerosene and matches from outside the cabin. She continues, So one day, the wilderness built a house. It waited. Summers came, 
winters came, and Lottie, slightly rudely, interrupts this story by saying, I never wanted to be in charge. It shows me, I think, because I was the one who knew how to listen, but I can't hear it anymore. Maybe, maybe that's from Shauna whacking her about. She says that they all learned how to hear it, to feel it, and presumably to do awful things at its bidding. Maybe what it wants now is a leader who can help us survive for the rest of the time we're out here. And that isn't me. Van seems shocked by this pronouncement. Mari's all, no, we need you. But Lottie says, the wilderness chose who fed us. It's already chosen who should lead us. Lottie chooses Natalie. Fuck! I didn't expect this. But it does make a kind of sense, because maybe Lottie just doesn't fucking want to be in charge of these people anymore. I mean, can you blame her? But isn't that, like, like further reason why she should lead them? Because, like, I feel like, you know, someone who should lead them is probably someone who doesn't want to. Well, yeah, that's that's why I think that Nat is a good... She chose Nat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's why I think... Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Egg on toast, I think. Egg on toast, I think. We go to the present. Misty is bandaging Lottie's arm wound. Everybody is sort of standing around awkwardly. Lottie says, You believe me now, don't you? It's it's still with us. It never left. Shauna, how can you think that it wasn't there when you killed your lover? And Misty, when you kept that woman in your basement. And Van, I, I saw it in your eyes just then, I did. And Ty, it brought you to her so that she would bring you here to us. And it was in you, Nat. It was in you, even when you denied it. You were always its favourite. Hmm. Nat yells at her, Why can't you ever stop? And brandishes the knife at her. Suddenly, Lisa appears, yelling, Don't move! She's pointing Nat's own rifle at her. We cut back to the past. Lottie says, How else do we explain what happened out there? I don't know, random chance. (laughs) We tried to kill you, and it wouldn't let us. She kneels before Nat and kisses her hand. Cute. (laughs) Everyone follows suit in bowing before Nat. Misty does a weird curtsy thing. It's really cute. Coach Ben sees this through the window, and it terrifies him. And he finally seems to realise that the last person he thought he could rely on out there isn't so different from the others. So yeah, a cover of Echo and the Bunnymen's Killing Moon plays. The song that the front man of said band labelled Richard Kelly a knobhead for replacing with Never Tear Us Apart in the director's cut of Donnie Darko. And that's He definitely did do that. Yeah, Never Tear Us Apart was in season one. In episode one. So yeah, uh, full circle, baby, full circle. They must be real darko heads. Yes, <laughs> that sounds like something else. <laughs> that sounds like an extremely syntactically confusing racial slur. They're, they're probably not as dedicated as that guy who, who like, you know, had, had yeah. a collection of Donnie Darko movies that was probably like 30 DVDs deep. Ty's line in the first season about how we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her is starting to sound a bit different. Travis places his hand over her heart, the place Lottie once touched. Damn. Yeah, Van does this cute, like, putting her face on Nat's hand thing. I can't really describe it, but it's cute. Yeah, Shauna seems pretty resentful of this. Tyler seems a bit resentful of it, but she's more able to push that down. I I think that a key part of Ty's character is that she always seeks authority, but until... The modern timeline, she never actually is able to grasp it. I think that season three, the modern plotline will be more about her and her alternate personality and her, like, quest for political dominance. And that's going to be fucking crazy. 
I imagine there's plenty of interesting shit to be revealed. I imagine there is. It's a really great scene. We are back to the past. Ah, uh, this bit. This bit made me pretty fucking sad, dude. Oh, you mean the bit where Nat dies? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> the wound's still raw. I mean, you we said kind you of. You're going to be super cringy, so I, you I did know, just get you. on with it. I will. Yes, get on with it. Lisa is freaked out. She demands to know what Nat did to Lottie. Lisa asks what the fuck Lottie was talking about. Did she really kill people out there? Has she just been lying this whole time? Yes. Uh, Misty discreetly takes out her special syringe. Lisa demands that Nat drop the knife. She does. Lisa gets closer to her. Misty runs at them and tries to stab Lisa, but ends up stabbing Natalie. Fuck. Bad luck. Indeed. Natalie hallucinates herself in an airplane. It's her final flight, and she's still got the middle seat. (laughs) It's a bit of a pisser. That is. It's not even first class. Yeah. Radiohead's fade out plays, as she does. Uh, Matthew, thoughts on that song? It's okay. (laughs) Cool. Is that Tom York, or is it just mustard? (laughs) Misty tries in vain to hold Nat upright as she drifts away. She lays her down on the ground, weeping. Now this, this, this was a fantastic and devastating climax to the episode slash season. If we had to go through a slightly cack-handed hunting sequence to get there, I'm all good with that. On Nat's flight, Harvey appears in the seat next to her. He tells her there's nothing to be afraid of. He seems to have forgiven her. So that's nice. Nat protests that she's not supposed to be there. Her younger self appears on her other side and says... We both know that's not true. This is exactly where we belong. We've been here for years. Fuck me, what a devastating line. That reminds me of the quote from Six Feet Under. Life just wasn't the right environment for me. (laughs) Is it for anyone? Yeah. It's a really great show. I really think you would like that show. I really have been meaning to watch it. Yeah. Now it starts crying. Young Lottie? Fuck. Uh... Puts her hand on her chest, just like she did with Travis. She says, it's not evil, it's just hungry. Like us. Let it in. Death is hungry for us all. There was no Travis in the scene, I guess that's because they already said goodbye. And so she does. She says goodbye. Misty is weeping over her body. And she dies. Natalie is gone. She died of a drug overdose, just like everybody said she would. That girl from the trailer park never really got to be happy. If there is a world beyond... I hope she finds the peace there that she was denied in this life. Fuck me. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I We kind of both expected one of the main characters to die. And, you know. Well, the wilderness had to choose somebody. It did. 
Even though they're not in the wilderness. And even though, you know there's no it, right? Anyway. They bought it, whatever it is, with them, apparently. Indeed. The cops arrive. If there isn't it. Indeed. The girls sort of stand around awkwardly beside the police cars. I have to imagine they're going to have to answer some questions. Even even if, as we talked about, their plan is pretty much, is pretty much to blame Lottie, seemingly. Yeah, and you would have thought they'd be like, what's that uh, fresh corpse smell coming out of your boot there, son? Mind your own business. <laughs> uh, I don't ask uh, you yeah, what do that, you do on your weekend. I thought that too. Then I heard yard trimmings. Go on to listen, Lou. <laughs> Lottie is led away by the paramedics, while the others watch. It seems the night's events will be blamed on her. Somewhat fairly, but also somewhat unfairly. Walter appears, not really reading the room... And says, I've taken care of the Adam Martin situation. You and your friends will be safe now. Misty says, weeping, Walter, I killed my best friend. And we did sort of had a point where... We did sort of have a point where we were like, who overdoses in, in the shoulder? shoulder? <laughs> yeah, that's going to be that's, a hard one to explain. That's not usually the place where you overdose. And no. Like, uh, why has this lady been shot? <laughs> yeah. But I assume they're just kind of saving that for the next season. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll figure out how they can. We ran out, out of time, it. folks. We've done what we could. Indeed. Jeff, Callie, and Shauna embrace. Officer Twatface is speaking to a local cop, seemingly going along with Walter's story. Jeff says, "Long story, but it's going to be okay." But uh, Shauna tells him that Natalie is dead. Van and Ty watch Lottie depart in the ambulance. Ty tells her they're going to keep her there for a little while. But they'll come and check on her. Lottie says, her expression almost unreadable, we gave it what it wanted. It is pleased with us. You'll see. Van looks terrified, but hopeful. I'm thinking her cancer suddenly disappears in early in season three. Yeah, like... You said to me, like, you know, she goes and gets felt gets up by some mammogramist. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's not what it's called. Like, radiologist. Yeah. And they're like, over. wow, you're all good now. Yeah. And that's the thing that makes her believe again. Still love her. We cut to the... I mean, technically they never specified where she has cancer. Maybe she just needs some Moodawana to scare it out of existence. Yeah, maybe. Which grows in the shape of a tire. Yeah. When does the getting... I will really want to hear Lauren Ambrose say, where does the getting high part start? Yeah, or like, my nutrients, they, they have, have escaped. escaped. Retrieve them at once. Shauna's in the attic, writing in her journal, how could it not have been me? Well, I don't know, Shauna. Maybe, maybe because you almost killed the elector? <laughs> <laughs> that might make her less inclined to choose you as her successor. More than likely. But I guess Shauna thinks she should have been rewarded for her suffering. Which is a thing that a lot of human beings think. She also writes, I used to think it was Jackie who made me feel invisible, but apparently not. Apparently that's something something in you already. Hmm. I'm so excited to see how Shauna and the rest of them deal with being under Nat's command in season three. Shauna suddenly stops writing and yells. Yells for others to wake up because the fucking cabin is on fire. Yeah, this is the final scene of season two. It was fucking amazing. She puts her journals in her bag and runs downstairs. Everybody wakes up and starts freaking out. Every, every outside wall of the cabin is burning. The doors are stuck. There's an amazing sense of panic throughout this whole scene. Ty axes through the door. Misty implores them to grab anything of value they can. They grab their stuff. Ty finally breaks through. Everyone runs outside. 
Van is the last one out. She once again escapes from a raging fire. Just like she did in episode two of the first season. The group stands, huddled in a horrified muddle, weeping, as they watch what passed for their home go up in flames. Now, things are going to get even fucking harder. At least he didn't also burn down the the meat shed. That would have been really fucking bad because they had the rest of Harvey in there. Yeah, no, they're going to have to take that with them, you know. Indeed. Jackie for the bread. A fantastic final image and a fantastic end to the season. Matthew, how long did it take you into this scene to realize that Coach Ben set the fire? Not fucking long. Yeah, no, same. You see yeah. him with the fucking matches. Yeah, no, it's just same. like, oh, I guess it's the guy with the matches that wasn't inside the cabin. <laughs> I love him being still alive as of season three is not something I predicted. <laughs> you know? No. I didn't think he'd live long after episode two, you know? Did you say season three? Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's going to be alive in that. Because, you know, we oh, know... Oh, yeah. I thought you said after season three. Well, no, I mean, that would be truly impressive. That would be. Hey, I don't You think, never know. You never know. You never know. I don't think he's making it that far. Maybe there'll be a season four and he'll get eaten just at the beginning of that. Maybe. <laughs> I love his transition from I want to die to I want everyone else to die. Yep. That is a great transition. That is a great transition. It is. And that... As the camera pans up above the burning cabin over the woods is the final scene of this season. Matthew, we did it. We're done. We successfully covered season two. Go us. My God, we get an 18-month break. We do. Sounds amazing. Thoughts on this season? It was great. Yeah, I I liked it too. I had fun watching it. I had fun covering it, I suppose one would say. I I did too. I th- I, th- I thought it was I, some people online seemed to not like it as much. A lot of a lot of other people did like it. I should say. I thought it was a good time all around. I thought it was a good time too. I'm kind of, you know, I thought it was a very good season. I didn't like it quite as much as season one, but I think it was still a very worthy success. See, I liked it more than yeah. No, you liked it more than season one. Because season one, I was just like, when's the cannibalism going to start? And then the cannibalism started. They keep teasing me with the cannibalism. (laughs) Aha, it's here now. (laughs) Quiet. Yeah, it's good that we can have different opinions on this podcast. So yeah, Matthew, let me, uh, now, just a couple of things I have to take care of. Some uh, housekeeping matters. Before we close out the episode, I have some reviews to read out. Uh, Let me give you a peek behind the curtain. I actually already read these out on a previous episode, but I deleted them due to us not really being in the state to fully appreciate them. Sorry, guys. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> so, so yeah. It's mostly my fault. Um, if you want to join these delightful people in giving us a review, you can do so on uh, on iTunes. Or give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify or the podcast app of your choice. Or don't. It's up to you. So, yeah, this was from Scarlet Minded on the 24th of March... Uh, 2023 they say uh, all meat all meat (laughs) the Yellow Jackets podcast I was looking for all meat and less fat padding like the other recordings which is awesome I don't know that it's entirely (laughs) accurate but it's awesome (laughs) it's funny too oh thank you Scarlet Minded I hope this continues for season 2 for I am without showtime thanks ah well that's very kind of you Scarlet Minded and I hear you can get Showtime for pretty cheap, so yeah, you should get it. I do recommend watching this show that we are podcasting about. It is good. Also, yeah, if yes. you're in Australia and you manage to connect oh, your they're, they're energy in... and internet with... Yes. Know, what, don't say that? 
No, no, no. You can't say. It. I'm just saying. I, I believe they're in the U.S. Oh yeah, but you know, if you're in Australia, there's a deal going where you can get uh, Paramount Plus free with a year if you connect your energy and internet with Origin. Indeed, and that will be relevant to our next reviewer, the Antler Queen, who is in Australia, who says, "Stop wasting our time with goose goose chasers." Uh, just kidding. Please keep making these. I'm having a blast listening to you discussing the weekly episodes, especially with these last few in season two. It's funny not knowing what's coming. I agree, the Antler Queen. It is. And that attitude will do you well in life, because ultimately none of us do know what's coming. It'd be no fun knowing what's coming. That's so true. Then you'd just be bored. Indeed. Well, thank you very much, the Antler Queen. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Jesse Beard in 1976 says, Best Yellow Jackets podcast. Wow, that's... High praise indeed. Thank you very much, Jesse. Very much indeed. I listen to a lot of Yellow Jackets podcasts. Granted, they're not all bad. By far, you guys are definitely the best. Wow, thank you so much. Thank you indeed. You guys make me laugh so much, and I like it too, because it's so different from all the other Yellow Jackets podcasts. They say all the other Yellow Jackets podcasts spend a little bit too much time going in-depth and theorizing everything, and you guys are just hilarious and straight to the point. Ah, Thank you. I don't know that that's always actually true, but still, thank you. It's nice to be appreciated. It is not. Uh, so nice to be appreciated, as Murderface <laughs> would say. Susan X One says a podcast above the rest. This is our final review. This is the fourth Yellow Jackets podcast I've listened to, and it is by far the best. Well, thank you so much. Justin is an amazing podcaster with great insights. Oh, and he doesn't miss details of the show like some other podcasts do. So far, it's the only podcast I've listened to that has addressed the strange dripping noise and provided theories for it. Turns out that was just Mari going a bit insane. I love the banter between Justin and Matthew and appreciate their funny comments and pop culture references. Ah, That's really Thank you touching. so much, Susan. Yeah, they go on to say that sometimes you seem a bit blasé and seem as if you hate all music. <laughs> <laughs> you do not hate all music. No, no, I just generally prefer music that came out before the year 2000. Uh, Susan says that we spend a little too much time going over the episode line by line. I'd enjoy if they spent more time on discussion and theories rather than rehashing the show. But they say, overall, smart and witty podcasts, and I eagerly await the next podcast episode. Well, thank you very much, Susan. We appreciate your listenership. And that is, I don't know if you've noticed, kind of a shift I, we made in this season to to talking about, you know, having less maybe in-depth recaps of episodes. And seemingly people respond well to that. So, yeah. Now, uh, well, Matthew, working for people. Matthew, I, uh, since we most recently shouted out a bunch of countries that listen to us, there have been some new ones. So I, I'm just going to... Are gonna, you going to go through the whole list? You know what? I'm going to go through the whole list. Oh, here because we go. Because it's going to be the last one for a while. I'm going to shout out every single country that has ever listened to us. He's okay. a stats nerd guy. I'm a stats nerd guy. He loves it. I loves it. Okay, here we go. Shout out and dear appreciation to all of our listeners in the USA, Australia, Canada, UK, Ireland, Turkey, Belgium, New Zealand, Spain, Brazil, Indonesia, Philippines, Portugal, Malta, Argentina, France, Germany, Netherlands, Norway, Peru, Russia, Thailand, Sweden, Denmark, Cameroon, India, Singapore, Austria, Cyprus, Japan, Italy, Algeria, Slovenia, Finland, Poland, Serbia, Hong Kong, Mexico, Greece, Colombia, Croatia, Macedonia, Israel, South Korea, South Africa, Malaysia, Hungary, Trinidad and Tobago, Egypt, 
United Arab Emirates, Morocco, and Jersey. And we're still holding out for Antarctica. <laughs> I particularly like that we got a listen in Jersey, not New Jersey, though we do have lots of listens in New Jersey as well, but we got one in Old Jersey, in regular Jersey. Isn't that awesome? Just regular old Jersey. Indeed. I just want to say to every single one of our listeners, to every, every person that has listened to us in all of those countries, thank you so much. From the bottom of our hearts... I'm going to level with you. When we started this podcast, we kind of thought that maybe like five people would listen to it. <laughs> so oh. maybe more than normal than that. But like literally thousands of people listening to it is beyond our wildest dreams and imaginations. And we are beyond grateful to you for that. And we hope that you enjoy listening to our back catalogue as we go on hiatus for a bit. Because that is what we're going to do, because I'm kind of all podcasted out for a bit. Plus, we're out of Yellow Jackets to watch. Plus, we're out of Yellow Jackets to watch. So, yeah. At some point in the future, not in the near future, but at some point in the future, we might cover some other things. We might. On the podcast, but I will say no more than that at present. So, yeah. Listeners. No, not, not quite yet. We'll say one last thing. But my biggest thank you of all has to go... Oh, a shout out to uh, the designer of our logo, who shall remain anonymous, but is still a fantastic and wonderful human being, and we both appreciate your listenership a great deal. A uh, shout out to my delightful partner for letting us use their recording equipment. <laughs> it has been very handy. Indeed. It has been very handy. And the biggest shout out of all to you, Matthew, my friend doing this with me and going on this journey with me i don't think there is any human being on this planet that i would rather host this podcast with you are more than welcome uh, it is very touching and i have had a blast doing it i have too listeners that is all i was gonna do that oh listeners be well and remember we're not out of the woods yet